Moms Have Bad Days, Understanding Postpartum Mood Disorders, the companion podcast to the book by the same name by me, author and host, Erin Simpson. Hello again, everybody. Sorry for the long delay. Um, It has been a dumpster fire of a last couple of weeks um, here in the good old U.S. of A., between mass shootings, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, the overturning of the EPA's ability to, you know, combat uh, emissions. Um, What else have we lost? Oh, yeah, now, like, teachers can pray in schools, even if their children in the classroom aren't religious. Um, And it's just basically chaos, and I haven't been able to wrap my head around any of it. But today I got to speak to a friend who is a mom, who um, is an amazing artist, and who had an abortion story, um, and an insane one at that, and I felt like it was important to talk about, um, because a lot of the people who need and get abortions are mothers. They either are mothers today because they had an abortion in the past or they had an abortion because they were already a mother and were already, you know, tapped out. Who cares what the reason is? Um, And just before we get into the call, um, I want to first say I'm really sorry about the sound. We've been having storms today, so my service was in and out. So the call was recorded kind of in a really janky way on my end. Um, so just bear with me. You, you want to hear what she has to say. So try to stick it out if you can. Um, and then secondly, here are just, um, just a quick rundown of the typical abortion patient in the United States. One is already a mother. Two is in their late twenties. Three attended some college. Four has a low income. Five is unmarried. Six is in the first six weeks of pregnancy. Seven is having their first abortion. And eight lives in a blue state. So please forget the fallacy that the extreme right will try to feed you that that people are using this as a form of birth control, that there are other options for these women, that birth control always works, um, because as you'll see in the story, that that's not always the case. Um, and just really try to educate yourself on the issue if you don't know where you stand right now. Um, I fully believe that everybody has the right to bodily autonomy and that abortion is a major part of healthcare. There are a myriad of reasons why somebody needs an abortion, and it's none of our business. So that's that, and with that, please enjoy this interview with Tori. Take care of yourselves, um, rage against the man, and donate to some local abortion funds or Planned Parenthood or the... um, Network of National Abortion Funds, the Center for Reproductive Rights, um, anything. Anything is better than nothing. So thank you for being here. And um, as always at the end and in the show notes, I will have resources for you. And thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the show, Tori. Um, For those listening, Tori is another friend that I met um, 
via Instagram, she was actually one of the first people who supported me in my postpartum journey back in 2018, I guess, when I designed my first set of enamel pins to raise awareness and funds for postpartum support international. Um, And that is how we first connected, which is pretty cool. And we are here today to talk to you about um, the overturning of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court on June 24th, 2022, and um, the fact that the large percentage of people that get abortions are already mothers. And um, Tori herself is one of those people, and she has been willing to um, open up and share her story with us today. So welcome, Tori. All right. So, um, well, I guess let's, you're a mom of four Four. kids. Yep. What are their ages? My eldest is 14 and then I have 11 year old twins and my youngest is seven. Seven. Um, and at what point in your motherhood journey did you end up having to have an abortion? I had an abortion before I had kids. Okay. But the reason why I had kids is because of the abortion. Right. And that's the whole fucked up story. <laughs> well, we can go um, into as much or as little as you want. Oh, no. I'm totally comfortable talking about it. Okay. So I was 19. I was on birth control. I was on birth control because I had moved to Idaho. I had moved away from all family parental at that point. My sister was in Idaho um, before I, my father would pay for the plane ticket for me to move to Idaho. Part of the deal was I had to go to Planned Parenthood. I had to have like an STD panel and all that kind of shit just to make sure that I was healthy as well as have birth control with me. Like, he obviously wasn't going to force me to take it, but he wanted right. to make sure I had the option and I had to be willing to go to that appointment. And, of course, I was. point of that story is my family is very liberal and um, has a brain. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was on birth control. I was in Idaho. I worked at a bar. Um, I was dating one of the barbacks. And I got pregnant. Uh, we were doing everything right you know I was taking the pill we thought we were safe there I was pregnant as soon as I realized it I picked up the phone and I called my sister she took me to Planned Parenthood at Planned Parenthood they confirmed yes indeed you are pregnant I did not hesitate one second like I knew that I was nowhere near a point in my life where I was ready to have children and I was like, I would like to have an abortion, please. And they were horrified. Um, Planned Parenthood was? Yes. 110%. But also, they, I mean, I was in Idaho. We're going to say that again. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but they gave me a list with three names. And they were like, well, that's not something we do here. Uh-huh. But if that is an option you would like to pursue, then here is, you know, the information you need. And so I took that information, and two of the doctors on the list 
only performed abortions if they were medically necessary. Uh. And then there was one doctor who would just do it regardless. Um, I called my mom and my parents are divorced and I called my dad. I told both of them very honestly and very openly, I, I was seeing someone, I got pregnant, dad, before you yell at me, yes, I was on birth control. <laughs> Turns out it doesn't always work. Um, I'm pregnant. I'm choosing an abortion. Both of my parents were just like, be safe. Let us know how it goes. Oh. I'm sorry you were put in this position, but we trust you and good luck. And to this day, I will always hold that. It's one of like the greatest blessings of my entire life. Yeah. Um, so I made the appointment. It, I had health insurance at the time. It did not matter. He only accepted cash. Uh-huh. It was $800. How much? 800 Oh, my God. Um, it was in a sketchy, sketchy strip mall. It was a really gross doctor's office. Like, it was the full back room special with, like, the flickering fluorescent light in uh. the waiting room. The whole nine yards. My sister and... My partner at the time went with me, and it was a surgical abortion. was the only abortion they offered, the two-day procedure. Oh, my God. Um, how Do you mind me asking how far along you were? Okay, so we don't exactly know because I was um, 19 and an idiot and completely <laughs> unready once again to have a child because I couldn't even track my own period. Right. Um. We don't 100% know, but, like, I think our guesstimate was 11 weeks. Okay. Um, so, surgical abortion. Jeez. Um, like, uh, the entire time, like, you know, you fill out the forms, you sign all of these papers, your emotional wreck. Everywhere in the lobby was like, you know, like, are you making the right choice for you? And there was, like, religious pamphlets everywhere. It was just the worst vibe in the world. <laughs> Uh, the surgical abortion is a two-day procedure. So you go in day one, and they insert the thing into your cervix that allows it to soften and all of that. So that was day one. Um, a nurse came in ahead of time just to talk to me to make sure, like, I don't know, I didn't want to find Jesus at this point in this. <laughs> and it was really just Good. awful feeling and not at all professional. And, like, when you lay down on the table, you know how some, like, gynecologists have like the fluorescent light cover that looks like fish and stuff like that right mine has cats like a poster taped to it that was like are you sure this is the right choice for you what the hell yeah it was it was super heavy so that was day one and i go home and i'm not feeling great um just like emotionally but also like just i know that this is the right choice for me so, and as does my partner, very supportive in all of this. Um, day two comes along, and he drives me there. I go back. This is where they pretty much suck everything. Um, it was horribly painful. I cried the entire time. There Ooh. was no anesthesia. There was no, like, I think they gave me, like, a Valium and, like, a Vicodin. Like, it was definitely just, like, two pills ahead of time sort of a deal. And it hurt, and it was hard, emotional, and I got through it. 
And then, you know, the doctor was like, you know, what are we going to do to make sure I don't see you in here again Ugh. type of a deal. And I was like, well, obviously, like, I was on birth control, as I've said a thousand times, but, like, it didn't work. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to give you this birth control. And he prescribed that, like, pill. He didn't even prescribe it. He, like, had a stack of them there he gave <laughs> me. The pill that only gives you, like, three periods a year. Oh, yeah. He was like, he was like, here, you should just take this one. I mean, who wouldn't want to only have three periods a year? Mm-hmm. And a man who like, clearly doesn't understand. Yeah. And, like, wished me well and sent me on my way. Um, I went back to life and all of that. Um, my periods didn't start right away. When they did, they weren't quite right. Um... I tried taking the birth control because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I trusted a medical professional and I started feeling really, really sick. So first instinct was, okay, stop taking that. You know, that's the problem. So I stopped and then I kept getting sick. I couldn't figure out what was going wrong. Um, finally, one day I told my partner, I was like, there's something wrong that deeply not okay I think I need to go to the hospital and I went to the hospital and I told them you know I was pregnant I had an abortion and you know here now and they do an ultrasound and the abortion was completely bought um they removed fluid and part of the placenta but they left a bunch of other stuff what the hell and it was festering and rotting and dying (gasps) inside of me um, I pretty much, as soon as, like, we find this out, that's when, like, the fever got, like, ridiculously high, and I don't remember a lot of what comes next. Um, my partner gets to call my father for the first time. He was the closest parent to me. I was in Idaho. My father was in California. My mother was in Maine. So he called my dad, and he was like, hi, we've never met. I'm the other reason why your daughter gave you the abortion call. And uh, it didn't go great. And um, you might need to get here now. And my dad and my stepmom flew out. And by that point, they were prepping me for surgery. And I had to go in and have my uterus scraped and cleaned. I had to be pumped full of antibiotics for weeks um, through an IV for the infection that was caused by it. And all of that jazz. Um, It was a mess. They did encourage me to pursue legal actions. My stepdad and my stepmom took that upon themselves, and they got the papers drafted, and they were served. And pretty much all of that paperwork I signed at the beginning protected him. And nothing ever came of it. Um, That was that. So, that too, a few months down the line, I have, so the doctor I had to see and the one who performed the surgery, she was absolutely wonderful. Um, I got healed up. She became my um, gynecologist. We changed up birth control methods. <laughs> uh, like, no, don't take that pill. Like, absolutely not. She was like, I think the best course for you will be the patch. So let's do the patch. I get on the patch. I follow instructions to a T. I make sure it's the right amount of time. I play by all the rules. Lo and behold, I'm pregnant again. Oh, my gosh. How soon? Um, at 19, uh, 
about eight months. Holy cow. After all of this. Um, so yeah. So now I'm pregnant again. Once again, I made all of the right choices. Um, was I ready eight months later to have a baby? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. I couldn't even legally drink. Like, <laughs> But did I live in a place where I knew I only had one option to have an abortion? And it wasn't going to be great. Uh-huh. And I literally almost just died. And now am I faced with having to have this baby or go through that again? Well, I don't think I can go through that again. And that is why I became a mother. Wow. I mean, I don't regret it. And I love my daughter more than anything. And I definitely feel like I rose to the occasion. Yeah. But circumstances and the option for a less than safe abortion forced me into it. That is not how I thought this story was going to go. That is wild. Um, I'm so sorry what a freaking nightmare do you know if that guy kept practicing is he still practicing i honestly don't oh my god um geez well did you have any since he's screwed up so bad did you have any issues like with the pregnancy um with the pregnancy no the pregnancy actually went fairly smoothly um i had a really, really horrible C-section. And then after my daughter was born, um, my uterus was reopened inside. (gasps) They don't know if it wasn't because it was fully closed properly because of how traumatic the C-section was or if it was scar tissue that could be stitched together, in which case that could have been a result of it. But Uh like, we don't know. But I ended up bleeding out internally that night. And um, then I was, I had a total of four C-sections with that birth. I had the one where they took her out and then three more afterwards. <gasps> they had to reopen it and clean out hematomas that were like 15 centimeters and put me all back together again. And in that time, my daughter went jaundiced from not being able to cup feed really well. And I was obviously in an ICU, so I was unable to breastfeed. And then I ended up needing to have blood transfusions, and they wouldn't even allow me to hold her while I was blood transfusions. So I went through all of that, and then I had her, and we got through it. (laughs) And then with the twins, um, I just had a very hormonal pregnancy. But also, I conceived twins. On birth control. No, shut up. On depo. <laughs> the shot. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So, and then I 100% tried for my last one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, fuck people that are like, well, just get on birth control. Well, they're trying to take that away too, first of all. Second of all, it doesn't work, clearly. Yeah, it doesn't. Also, if you like have wicked hormonal imbalances, yeah, it doesn't always work. Oh my gosh. And yeah, and I played by the rules, and now. Wow. Yep. Maybe the universe just knew that we needed another feminist badass mom out there to raise the next generation of tiny feminist badasses to carry the torch because right now we're in bad shape. (laughs) Such bad shape. Um, 
Well, how, so how old is your oldest now? 14. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, does she I know, did. does she know her story? Her. She does. And, um, she does. And she kind of has her own reproductive story. She doesn't have ovaries. Oh. So she is very, um, familiar with like how hormones work and anatomy and all of that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, well, so how did you feel when you got, saw the news? Uh, what has it been, two weeks? I mean, I just, all I can think about is how, like, I was in a place where I was still able to, like, legally go get one and pay money and how dangerous it still ended up to be and how lucky I am to, like, have not have died and just how much more dangerous this could be for other women now is haunting. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the things that I think even I haven't thought about is that even though it might be legal, quote unquote, in your state to get one, it doesn't still mean doesn't mean it's going to be safe. No, or handled with any sort of compassion. Right. Yeah. Oh, guys. Yeah. Um. Well, so you live in Maine now. They're they are pro-choice correct yeah okay any do they have any limits i actually don't know oh okay all right well um what what do you want other people to know about this issue and do you think being a mom has made you fight for this right more or less or I don't think being a mom changes my stance on it one way or another. I mean, we get control over our own bodies. That's just my stance. Yeah. It would be my stance either way. Um, I think as fucked up as this sentence is, forced motherhood is a really rough situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's... being a mom is so hard anyway. Yeah. But when you are thrust into it completely unprepared, mentally, physically, financially, all of the et cetera, it, <laughs> it's rough. Mm-hmm. And some people can ride to the occasion, some people can't. And if they're forced into it, I don't feel like it's everyone's fault when they can't. Right. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, okay. Um, well, and I guess just because it's the argument that they throw out, I feel like, because they don't have anything else. Um, did you get the adoption card when you were faced with that choice? Were people like, oh, well, why don't you just... Nope. It was literally just constant, like, are you sure... Like, no, it was never about adoption. It was just, am I really thinking this through? Which was just constantly shocking to me because, I mean, I was a child. I felt like, you know, and barely had my life together. And I worked in a bar. And <laughs> like, what are you What do you mean about? you don't want to have a baby? Absolutely. I had an older sister who had three kids. Like, I had gotten to see what that life is like. I was all set. Yeah. <laughs> it was not on my timeline. 
Yeah. And to suddenly be like, okay, here we are. This is my timeline. I didn't really want it to be, but it's going to be. Yeah. And that decision was forced upon me because I didn't feel at all like safe being able to have the abortion. Or even, honestly, I don't think I could have gone through the emotional side of it again because it was just so dark. Mm-hmm. But I got an awesome kid out of it, so I got lucky. Yep. Well, and for those that don't um, follow you online, um, I will say, at least from the outside, you seem like the most amazing mom. It turned out like (laughs) the most fun I could ever have. And I didn't predict that at all. No. I did not foresee how much fun and how much in love with it all. Like, I had that cliche moment of, like, I saw my baby for the first time after, like, C-section hell just instantly fell in love and fell in love with being mom and I thank my lucky stars every day for that yeah did you end up with any um like postpartum anxiety or depression following especially that first one oh my god absolutely um so I was 20 when she was born and um I didn't have a mom nearby my mom was in Maine my dad was in California like I said, I had a sister in Idaho. She had her own life at that point, and there was not enough discussion about postpartum. I think in like any of the classes or doctors' visits or literally any of the care that I and having had her and then feeling so related from being so young, learning to be a mom and her dad at that was still in college so he was classes and then job during the day I I thought I was going insane and I didn't realize that it was normal that it was I could talk about and I didn't realize that till my next (laughs) and that's when I started hearing people talking about it and being like, oh, shit, you mean you're not supposed to feel like that all the time? Yeah. Wow. And then it got better from that. Good. Good. Well, um, I don't know. What else do you want people to know about um, motherhood and, uh, you know, having to make tough decisions? and how this, you know, really shaped you and your outlook on things? Um, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It definitely made me realize that, you know, like I said, just because abortions are legal everywhere, they're safe everywhere. Um, and, yeah. That's, I think, the most that I've taken away. And that just also raise your kids in a way where they can call you and say, hey, yeah. you need to have an abortion, and they're not afraid that you're going to, let, you know, disrupt them or criticize them or do anything. But tell them, I'm sorry, that's a choice you have to make, but we're here for you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will say, to like, my dying breath, that was one of the luckiest in the world for me. And I hope that my children feel the 
I'm sure that they will. Um, if people want to follow you, um, do you want to share your social media sure. stuff? It's just um, Troublesome Girl Studio on Instagram. That's all I got. Okay. She's so talented. Give her a follow. Oh. And you get to see all the fun stuff she does with her kids. Lots of baking, um, fort Decor making, Christmas oh. making. Huh? The decorating for every single holiday. I know. I love it so much. I'm like, God, I really got to up my game. Um, well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story, um, and being so open. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And, um, thanks for being such a big support to me too. I Absolutely. appreciate that a lot too. No problem. All right. Well, I will talk to you soon. You, okay. <laughs> thanks, Tori. Thanks for listening to another episode of Good Moms Have Bad Days. Um, and again, big thanks to Tori for sharing her story. Um, to uh, just go over the contact info again for everything we normally do. Uh, if you are in crisis or someone you love is, please text HOME to 741-741 for the crisis text line. Um, or you can call the Postpartum Support International Helpline. Uh, again, that's the non-emergency number where you can get resources, um, access to information, uh, all sorts of stuff. And their website is postpartum.net. Their helpline is 1-800-944-4773. Or you can text HELP, H-E-L-P, to 800-944-4773. And a reminder that the new National Maternal Mental Health Hotline, which is for emergencies, um, can be reached at 1-833-943-5746, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Um, again, that number is 1-833-943-5746 for um, links to various um, abortion funds, organizations that are fighting the good fight on the ground, um, and support groups, you can head to goodmomshavebaddays.com where on the latest blog post you will see links to all of those things. Um, and if you have any questions, as always, you can email me at goodmomshavebaddays at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at goodmomshavebaddays. And um, just take care of yourselves, uh, fight the fight, donate to a fund, and make sure you are registered to vote because even if it is legal in your state, there is never a guarantee it's going to stay that way. Um, so let's keep the work going. Thanks and have a great week. Bye.